Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I wanted to quickly pop on and say thank you for listening. I have had such an exciting two weeks with Overflow 911. It was like Overflow the podcast comes to life with real people, a real sense of community, and really inspiring each other with small actions, improvements, adjustments to our day, to our mindset, that's going to have a great impact on our, not just our day and our week, but our year, our 2021. So I wanted to pop on and say thank you to everybody who signed up and came out, shared their enthusiasm and their energy for Overflow 911. I think it was a really great conversation. And if you're looking for the Rate Your Life wheel to help inspire some of your action, please go to peoplebrain.ca, peoplebrain.ca. And under the Invest in You tab at the very bottom, you'll find the download for the Rate Your Life wheel that may cause you to reflect and challenge yourself around some small actions that you can put in place to improve, to deliberately improve your peace of mind, your self-care, or maybe your sense of adventure. And also a big shout out, we've got a lot of listeners listening from Canada and the United States. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your feedback, your rates and reviews. And also a big hello to Argentina, Belgium, Germany, Brazil, even Spain. Hello to the United Kingdom, to Ireland, also over to Africa in Kenya and Mauritius. Thank you for your listening. Thank you for your feedback. I really appreciate and adore that you are listening. And I would say if there's a message in here that you're hearing that you think a friend could benefit from, please pass it forward. If you have ideas and comments to help us improve the Overflow podcast or the questions that we're asking our guests, I'd love to hear from you. You can leave me a comment also at peoplebrain.ca or if you have me on Instagram, I'm at overflow with the underscore podcast. All right, here we go. Finca is our guest this week. I'm so excited and she so eloquently, without really knowing, describes deliberate positive inspiration interruptions in her day and how those small little things being measured every day are starting to cause her to create some momentum and ensure that her health and well-being are taken care of while she's being pushed and pulled in all the directions. So here we go. I'll let you go to the new episode and this week's this week's episode launch. Here we go. And thanks. Thanks again. I really do appreciate you. Welcome to Overflow, the podcast. Are you filling everyone's cup meanwhile your energy and inspiration is drained? I believe when you move from overdrive to overflow, you have a supply of energy for people around you and all the demands of life so that you can tackle them with ease. Overflow is an experience of being in the zone with all your attention, so much so you momentarily forget everything else. This show is your weekly guide. Let's build a plan for making time for pure enjoyment or being fully absorbed in the complexity of your work or studies because this ambition will fill you up because you're not here to be average, you're here to be awesome. I'm Kimberly Snyder, motivational speaker, student of positive psychology, 
advocate, and champion of people. I'm your cheerleader and your biggest fan. So fill up your cup, savor the moment as we chat and nourish the mind, body, and soul so we can respond to life's challenges and find your overflow. Well, ladies, welcome to the overflow. Here we are, and I'm talking to a friend from the past, and I'm really hoping a new friend in my future, Finka Yerkovic. Do I have it right? You got it. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> so Finka, it, it's, she's absolutely amazing. Um, I don't even know if we have enough time on this podcast to really understand and be in awe of her. She has recently writ- written a book, and I think it's a bestseller, Sell from Love. She's recently launched a podcast, Sell from Love, and that's actually where you find her on her website, Sell from Love. I know that you have loads of experience in corporate Canada, in financial services, um, in sales, in leash leadership and communication. And I know you're an awesome coach. You work with this um, concept of fascinate Sally hogs head concept of fascinate. And I know you're an awesome facilitator and coach for many leaders. I was hoping, well, first of all, welcome. Thank you. I'm that was so, you said that so well, (laughs) all of that. I'm so excited. Um, I'm excited too. I'm really, really excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah. Well, and congratulations on Sell from Love. Thank you. It was, I'm going to say, a labor of love. Yes. Uh, I've I've always had this desire to, you know, write. I, I love. I've I've always seen myself as a writer, and to see it manifest into a book form, which has been like this idea that I've been noodling in with for years. It was very rewarding, and it's something about you know, having your ideas kind of put in front of you and you're like, oh, oh, this is really good. I love this. Or, you know, I, you know, and so it just has been a really good way of self-expression, but also being able to look at ways that I can help other people because there are certain ways that selling works and there are many ways in which selling doesn't work for people and giving people an alternative way of selling that feels in integrity and in alignment and that they don't feel like they have to, that they're doing something wrong or out of, out of sync of who they are. And that's what self from love is all about. You're, you're so humble. You're one day I'm going to be your writer. I think, I think what I know of you Finca is if you want to do something, that's it. That's what's going to happen. So I'm going to be a writer one day and she writes a book. I love it. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's funny, funny because you don't, uh, you don't get there. You, I know for me, I've ha- always had these goals and these dreams, like I'm yes. going to be this, or I'm going to do this. And I want to yes. do this now, years later, as I've achieved some of those things, or I've experienced some of those things that I wanted to, I start, be- I believe myself a whole lot more than I did, you know, let's say 10, 15 or 20 years ago. So the pursuit of fulfilling a dream or fulfilling a and actually doing it fuels our belief in ourself. So we have more confidence when I'll say the goals get bigger or more audacious, or, you know, even the sense of there's no way I can do this or achieve this. You, you start creating a really good track record and that track record helps breed confidence. So you can keep going. Have you always been like this, Finca? Because you, you say, well, you know, as I'm fulfilling my dreams, it's giving you momentum, like it's building, but I think you've always been like that. It's, and it sounds like you've just recently discovered this. <laughs> yeah, it's probably been like, oh, I see that part of myself now. Yeah. 
You must have been an entrepreneur. No, I've always had I've always had like big dreams. So I remember specifically, yeah, I've you know, when I was I think I was 12 years old. I was it was somewhere between like that 10 and 12 years old. I was practicing piano. I've always felt compelled that I knew I was here to make change in the world. And it was at the time when um do you remember Oh, like we are the world, mm-hmm. uh, like the famine songs, like mm-hmm. when, cause they were, they were looking, they were, we were seeking to, you know, cure hunger. And, and so I'd listen to these songs and I'm like, Oh, I'm so inspired. I know I could do this too. And so I'd literally sit by my piano, my, you know, my 10 year old self trying to compose these songs. And in me viscerally, I felt this song is going to bring world peace. I don't know what the hell I was thinking, <laughs> but there was this kind of, there was this energy I knew I had inside me. And then I ended up working part-time at a financial institution, you know, at a high school. And then it was interesting. My path led me instead of being a musician or a songwriter, (laughs) which that was, uh, you know, one dream. um, I ended up in financial services and, you know, 20 plus years in in corporate Canada, you know, I, I still felt the and the drive and being compelled that I know I can make change. And I did it in the way that I could best in that environment. I'd say when I left corporate, the game changed completely for me. It's been, yeah, it's just kind of everything kind of got blown open. It's like, oh, I could do a whole lot more now. So tell me, tell me the story of this book. So now you've left corporate, you have all these experiences, definitely these learnings. You've been working with leaders. I know you are developing yourself and and achieving the dreams along the way, but how does this concept of the book come about? I've been a coach, facilitator, and trainer since 2012. So, you know, we're almost, you know, we're going on 10 years, right? So on top of that, then my past life. So when I was in corporate, most of my world was in either I was a sales professional, meaning I was a financial advisor, I was a commercial account manager, or I was working in sales strategy, uh, or I ended in as a sales leader. And so I've managed teams that, you know, had to go out there and sell. Then, you know, transitioning into, so when I had that, so I was, I was actually a sales leader and I said, you know, the things I loved about my work was I loved helping clients. I loved um, helping my team. I loved developing people. And that's kind of where I made that transition of what part of my sales manager job did I love? And it was the coaching and the training and the people development aspect. And that's kind of where I decided I'm going to get really specific and drill down into this area. But as I was working in that area with, with clients and with organizations, I, I started noticing this gap. So with individuals or business owners who are looking to build a business, it's like this moment of, let me go get trained. Let me go get all the certification. Let me build this beautiful website. And then it's like, how do I, I it's, I'm struggling to sell my stuff. Like I just, I can't get clients. I don't know how to do this. Or it's all about me because it's yeah. they've forgotten about their client and. Right. 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 And then the same with teams, you know, it was like, I was doing this work with organizations and, you know, when we were talking about, you know, what's holding people back from selling the biggest, the the number one answer was the lack of confidence. So people lacking confidence in themselves. And so I knew that there was a way that people can have more confidence uh, in themselves and who they were. I knew that there was a way that we can connect with clients in a way that felt authentic and in integrity. And I also know that the work that we do is an extension 
of who we are. So when I think about the products we're selling or the services we're providing to our clients, there, it's not a, it's a, it's, it's a, it looks like a transaction. Like it's, it's a mortgage, a loan, or it might be uh, packaged as a consulting program or a, mm-hmm. a training program. But what it is, is it's a way for you to fulfill your purpose, to make positive change in the world, but also help your clients have a transformation. And so that's the premise behind self from love, that there are three things you need to love yourself, meaning you got to love who you are. You got to love your, your, all the wonderful things that you bring to the table. You got to be confident in those strengths and that value. And you got to be confident about the things you're not good at and say, Hey, I'm not good at this. I've got a colleague who's an A star in this, or I've got an employee that will do this better than I will. And we, and we give ourselves permission not to be masterful at everything, just at the things that we love to do and that we're innately, you know, wired to be great at. Mm -hmm. So that's premise number one. Number two, when it comes to selling from love, you know, exactly what you said, Kim, we got to love our clients. So sometimes, not sometimes, many times, what actually trips us up is we're so focused on ourselves, how we're being seen. What are people going to think of us when I post that, or when I put myself out there, when I tell them I'm selling this, it's like, it's actually not about you. And this is where we all get it all wrong when it comes to branding. It has nothing to do with us. It actually has to do with our clients and who we're working with. And how do you um, present yourself in a way that they understand what problem you're solving for them and what outcome they can get if they choose to work with you? Mm -hmm. And then that third piece is around um, loving our offer. And so this is where we, we really fall in love with the thing we're selling. <laughs> like we got to love that because we don't love it. No one else is going to love it. And so how do you love what you're selling to realize it's not just a metric on a scorecard or a revenue that and a digit that you have to achieve. It's actually more than that, that whether you're, you know, you're selling a lotion or you're selling, you know, you know, we were talking earlier. Um, I have my, my, my training company business, but I also, we also have a farm business. And so we make, uh, I'll show it to you because you'll see it here on the screen, but I'm showing Kim our lavender product. So we make a lavender product. Now, this is not a product. I know the transformation this brings people because I know it brings more calm. It brings more peace of mind. And that's what I'm selling. I'm not selling a lavender product. What I'm actually helping people experience is more calm and peace of mind in their life. And that's what the lavender does. And so I think that's what we have to look at. What is what, is what we're selling? and they're serving our clients with how is that helping them so I love that you're saying so part one is love yourself and I've seen some of your posts mm-hmm. on social media and we'll make sure to put all your links in the show notes but I really think there's something about love yourself and further from that Finca you said and I would challenge all the leaders listening to this podcast you said lean into your strengths and understand your weaknesses. Because I think typically leaders do it all. They really do do it all. They, they assume that, you know, they're the only ones that can do it. They're the only ones that can do it the right or the best way. And so then they take it on, which leads to my whole concept of the overflow is that typically she has everything on her shoulders, everything, because only she can do it. Only she can do Um, it right and well. And so she has it all on her shoulders. And 
what I'm hoping this podcast will inspire is give leaders, you know, the window, the space, the little coaching in their ear to remind them to find some space for self-care, mind, body, and soul self-care. And to your point, if you love yourself and you understand where your strengths lie and appreciate that others have strengths to bring to the table and to offer, then really, if I know my weaknesses, why aren't I asking others to raise up and share their strengths that might be my weakness? Like, isn't that really the, that really, to me, is a starting point. It is, absolutely. And I want to add one more piece to that, because I think what happens is we often are focusing actually on the wrong weakness. So I'll go out and I'll do workshops with leaders and organizations around, you know, how can you bring your best selves, your highest performance? How do you use your strengths or your advantages and bring them to the table? And, you know, often I'll start a workshop and I'll say, you know, you know, what is it that you're most looking to learn? Or I'll send it as part of my intake and where, like, I'm going to say 80% of the questions come, how do I strengthen my weakness? How do I strengthen the soft, soft spot? Yeah, tell me, I'd, my lo- I'd love to know. Yes. Tell me, okay. we would all love to know. So I'm going to say, we're actually focusing on the wrong weakness, right? So the problem is we think that the weakness we should be focusing on is the thing we're not good at, mm-hmm. but actually that's not the problem. I agree. The problem is, is when, um, we are, we are, we take our strengths, what we're good at. And I'm going to use that example. The woman who, you know, is, you know, she, she takes it on all. She, she wants to bring her best. She's always looking to, uh, up level and present her best self forward. She is someone who's, you know, emotionally connected and expressive. So she's really easy to build relationships. And so that's kind of, you know, how she, she gets stuff done. She's a relationship elder. She's a connector, but she's always challenging status quo and, and achieving to that next, next level, next level. And so that's who she is at her best. What happens is when she doesn't set clear boundaries, when she doesn't take care of herself, when she takes on too much at work and at home, when she doesn't ask for help, all of a sudden her strengths actually turn into her weakness. And it's this theory called overcompensation. And so somewhere in our subconscious, we decide, you know, this thing, like I'm stressed. I got too much on the go. I've got, you know, too many demands. I need to bring more of my strengths, which means I'm going to bring more up leveling. I'm going to bring more challenging status quo, or I'm going to bring my best self, or I'm going to bring more emotional connection and more. And all of a sudden we become this like oversensitive, over-emotional, right? Person and on top of it, or the perfectionist, like we got to just get it right, dot the I's, dot cross the T's that we're not forgiving ourselves because we got to get it just right. And so we end up overcompensating on our strengths. And so this is actually the, the weakness we are missing out on is not the thing we're not good at is when we exaggerate our strengths, they actually get us in trouble. And I, I would say if we focused on our strength, like really genuinely know what we're good at, know what our strengths are and be aware of our weaknesses, then wouldn't we want to raise up the others? Like, wouldn't it lower our stress so that we don't become that perfectionist? I felt like you were looking into my eyes. So I wouldn't become overbearing or that perfectionist. 
then I would trust the people around me because they would be raised up by their strengths and, and what, and their talents, what they have to offer. Absolutely. Because as soon as we can accept who we are and who we are not, that form of acceptance gives us permission to show up as our true self. So we don't have to be everything for everyone. Then it allows us as leaders in the workplace, as leaders at home, as leaders in our business, just to put up our hands and say, Hey, I'm good at analyzing data. I love research and give me every, all the goods. But when it comes to designing it in a story on a PowerPoint, I struggle with that. So who else can do that? Mm -hmm. When we can say that out loud, we, that, and that's how we help raise other people because there's no fear that because you have something you're not good at, doesn't mean that you're not enough, or you're not going to be seen as a adequate, competent superstar leader. And what I, I learned, you know, what I find sometimes in corporate work, and you know, this is something I think we, I know I had to do in my own personal journey was that I felt that I, I wasn't allowed to bring a draft version of me. You had to be like polished, no dry run. <laughs> like you got to be on all the time, because if you don't, you might miss out on opportunity. That first impression is the only impression and you might get scarred for the rest of your corporate career. And that was a myth that I had put inside of myself. As a result of that, I didn't show up authentically. I felt I had to be everything for everyone. I had to, I couldn't show what I was good at or what I wasn't good at because I had to try to be good at everything. Right. Well, and this leads us to that second thing about love your clients and even letting go of what will people think. And, and really, isn't it, isn't it interesting? It's a bit of a contradiction, right? What will people think, but really, why aren't we thinking, what will people think if I don't show up authentically? It is interesting. Human beings. It's so, so true. So true. It's so interesting, right? Yeah. And so loving your clients. And then I agree with you, the third loving our offer it's true. Like I was talking to the kids about this, that there are so many different, whatever it is, ketchup or mustard. And so there's so many different cars, like you name it. And so it's not about the item. It's really about what you're looking for, whether you're looking for the safety or the spices or whatever you're looking for. It's about loving what you sell and kind of what it offers and that's what, that's what the client is wondering, right? She's wondering, how do I help myself? whatever, calm down at night. I would love some lavender on my pillow as I, you know, after a stressful day, like I totally get that. I totally get that. That's really oh, what Kim, the- I have it. I have yeah. my spray on, on my desk because it's, it is for me, it's like a practice of, I literally spray it as a practice of taking in a breath and just being present for even one breath through the day. And so I get to inhale something really beautiful and smelling that smells great, but it just gives me a moment to be present and to breathe in some calm. And then I get to go back to work. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this, like a dose of, I call it the calm serum. So that's what it is. It just, it's I good. Love- it, it just, it helps me be present. It's again, another little, little tool, a power tool that we have to help us be present because that's, that's where the power lies is in what's happening right now, not what happened yesterday or what we're worrying about what what might happen tomorrow or that next meeting that we're going to go to. 
You're such a great coach, Vinka. You're such a great coach. And I don't know if you realize the symbolism of you planted that seed, you planted those lavender plants, and then you mm-hmm. created this product and now you're breathing it in to help. And don't you think you do that with your coaching? Like you plant a little seed and you nourish her and you help them think about, and they grow into this beautiful, calm, like your song is, we are the world. You're literally creating like the symbolism. So can I, can I, it, it, there, it is, it's so good. Yeah, it is. I don't know if so you realize. The, <laughs> so one of the things where I got caught up in, so this is one of my, the thing with seeds and planting, oftentimes I felt like, so where I got tripped up. So this is where I got tripped up in my own uh, leadership journey and trying to, you know, unlearn being everything to everyone. There was this like a a seed, you plant it. Yes. Gave it water. Yes. We did the de-weeding in the lavender field. Yes. You, we knew we gave it right nutrients, but I actually didn't do the growing of the lavender plant. Right. So I was like a facilitator in the growth of the garden of our lavender. I'm just watching. Right. And so I was a facilitator. So what happened to me early in my coaching career, the symbolism, I felt like I had to do the change for my clients. I felt like I had to do the work for them. Even with my team, when I was leading my team, I felt like I had to do the work for them. And that's where I got in trouble. It is not my job. It is not my responsibility to do your work. Where I can come in is I can help set you up for success and help facilitate an environment that allows you to do that. And it might just be by being You do the growing. You do the growing. It's up to you. I can't do it. I can't do it for you. I think as a parent, as a leader, as a coach, all that stuff. And and again, so that detached relationship is so huge because even when we love our client in selling from love, you are not the person who's doing the work for your client, they are. Like I, I'd see it in the financial advisor space. Like it'd be almost like, well, they took my advice and they, I built the plan for them. I did this for them and look at the wealthy. No, you didn't. You didn't do that. They did the work. You right, gave them, absolutely. you created a space and you gave them advice path, and counsel ideas. and a path, but they did the work. And we can't claim, I can't claim the, the growth of my garden, my lavender. That's not me. That's universal intelligence doing its, its beauty. You're taking it to a whole new level. We we're going to have to have, we're going to have to have more podcasts. Did you pick a word of the year? Finca, everybody's doing this. A word of the year that kind of represents your North star and your, do you have a word of the year? Yes. So I've been holding on to my word. It's three words. I've been holding on to them. This is my year three with these three, three words. You get three words. I don't think I, I pick three. Rules. It's an acronym. So, you know, we come from banking. We love acronyms. So my, <laughs> my acronym is fab. I'm going to have a fab year F A B F stands for finish, meaning I'm an ideas person. And so the problem with it's great being an ideas person, mm, but the problem people. with an ideas shiny object syndrome Mm-hmm. And we get distracted from our work. So it is finish what you started. So, you know, in 2019, it was write a book, like finish writing the book. 2020 was publish the book, finish publishing the book. And 2021 is finish promoting the book. <laughs> so, and getting it out in the world. So it's literally about finishing, finish what you start. 
A is for allow and allow is allow. I've been trained in this school of thought that there it's like, you know, there's never enough who I am might not be enough. And so I'm unlearning that to allow myself. So A is allow myself to one, reap the benefits all of all of my hard work. So allow myself, like it's not always about hard work. Like I get to sit down and allow myself to celebrate. I get allow, I allow myself to receive all the goodness the world has to offer as opposed to focusing on the negative stuff or the stuff that isn't working. So just being really open and receptive to um, the goodness in the world and that I get to actually be here to experience that. That's beautiful. And then the B is believe. Believe, you know, Napoleon Hill has this quote and it's like tattooed in my brain. If you could conceive it, believe it, you can achieve it. And so this notion that if I came up with this idea that I can write a book, you know what? And I believe that I can write a book. I totally can. And look, I did. And so there's that notion of just believing in myself, believing in any desire that I have that I could create for myself, for my family, and for my experience that I'm here for this limited time I am to have this beautiful human experience, then I'm going to do it. Raise the bar. Raise one word. One word. word. I know I had fab, but there, see, it's a fab year. (laughs) finish allow believe it's been on my whiteboard here for three this is like year three I don't even I I haven't that's against the rules too I'm I'm a rule breaker sorry (laughs) (laughs) well when you were talking about the plant and nurturing the plant and ultimately he or she has to do the work they have to do the growth I'll help provide uh, my strengths my values the culture, like I'll help provide the environment. When you were talking about that, I wanted to share my word of the year. And I've been thinking about how I take on a lot of responsibility. And I've really been doing some soul searching and some journaling about this that I have, I do have a sense, I think being the oldest child, considering my upbringing, and I guess a bit more now being in human resources, being the people person in the pandemic, I am worried for others. And so I'm taking responsibility and I'm making sure, uh, you know, with my family, friends, but also at at work and with leaders, like I'm taking responsibility. But this year I've decided that my word is awe, that I want to step back and be in awe, Finca, because Mm -hmm. what I'm realizing is when I stand back and I'm in awe, I don't have to have the responsibility to have the answer. I don't have to take responsibility for your choices and your actions and your job. I am going to be in awe of your choices, your sense of adventure, or your decisions that you're making. And I'm going to stand back and be in awe. And I think I'm going to take on this picture now of, yeah, I will nurture the plant, but it's up to the plant. It's up to you, Mm -hmm. you, the leader, you, the people on the team to take responsibility for your own growth. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. But I also even, even awe, I think it's, it's such a beautiful word because when we are in awe, there's a sense of being present as well. Like we just, you, you even went backwards in your seat. It was just like, just kind of step back. You just kind of have a, a broader perspective. There's this wonder and curiosity that resides in awe. And if we are, taking a moment to step back and sit in awe Mm -hmm. and then take the next step from that place. Like I'm just 
super excited to see what 2021 is going to create for you because of, you know, that intention. And that's, and, and that's what I see when we set a word of the year or like me, three words of the year, it's an intention that we deliberately set out that we're committing to create. And then what follows behind intention is the actions that we take. That's what are right. you going to do? How does it show up? And that's right. awe is just, it reminds me of, you know, we live out in the country and if you're out of the city, sort of like the cityscape, yeah, cityscape, you can, you don't have all the lights so you can see the stars. Yeah. And then you look up and you see the stars and there's just this tremendous overwhelm of awe that takes you over. It's like, yeah, Yeah. it's such a beautiful space to be in. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I will let you know. Cause I, and I want to, that's what I want to remind myself is to be in awe of others and of myself. Yeah. Three letters. One word though. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I, I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm so inspired. I'm really hoping that leaders will pick up your book, listen to your podcast and check out your website. I think you have so much to offer, not just the self from love, but even around the coaching and us thinking about our strengths and making sure we value them as strengths and not, you know, plowing forward that now they're actually in other people's faces as it's not, it's no longer our strength. So thank you so much for joining us. What I do want to ask is I'm asking all my guests, how are you? It's, it's still the pandemic. And I I know you live out in the country. So maybe you're not worried about, you know, the neighbors and, and people like close by you, like interacting with you, but how are you living in your overflow? How are you living in your awesomeness and making sure that you take time for your mind, body, and soul self care? So every day, um, I don't have like a, a daytime or like a journal, like something where I kind of track what I might to do list. What I, I do have is a list of things that the only things I like, so what I track or measure is how I want to feel for the day. So every morning I wake up, I, I do actually, so in self from love is built on this, how I want to feel. So self from love is built on this premise. Either we are our actions, thoughts, and feelings are moving us closer to love or moving us farther from love and towards fear. Mm-hmm. And so I literally every morning, I can show you right here on my notebook, I, I draw the uh, infinity symbol. Infinity. So you do a sideways, mm-hmm. infinity, sideways eight symbol. So I'm going to show you here in my book. So I'm going to show Kim here on the book. So I do a, a sideways eight and on the sideways eight. So in the middle spot, that's love. The far ends of the infinity symbol are right. fear. And what I actually do is I actually look at and say, where am I in this moment when I wake up in the morning? Am I moving towards fear or towards love? So am I moving towards love or away and towards fear? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It gives me a guidepost as to, oh, this is where I am on the spectrum from love and fear. So I know today I am moving towards fear. It might be, I didn't get enough sleep. I didn't do enough self-care yesterday. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe I have a couple of demands on me today that feels making me, maybe I've got some proposals or something to do that's throwing me off. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe something's happening in my family because, you know, you know so we've got stuff that's happening. And then I, then I put, you know, what do I want to feel? I'll give you an example. Today, I want to feel clear, confident, and focused. Those are my three. And then I, I do what's called deliberate positive interruptions. And I've been doing them for... 
they're called DPIs. I've been doing this for like 10 years. And every day I, my goal is to hit seven to 10 DPIs a day, deliberate positive interruptions. Deliberate positive interruptions are things that fuel me, things that give me energy, things that excite me. So things like things that are good for my health and well-being, things yes. that are good for my mindset. So I'll, I'll kind of, I'll read you. I'm going to read you what I did yesterday. Cause that was a full day. I read I did horse chores. I did Pilates. I put out an offer for a client, a proposal that fueled me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took my vitamins. I did water flossing my teeth. Um, I recorded a podcast. Um, I took a, my, my dog out for a walk and we were outside in the forest. All your and favorite so, things. All my favorite things. Literally and filled up your cup. Literally. Up. And so as long as I do, like, I know my metric is I got to get seven to 10 when I've got high demand weeks and I can't get my seven to 10, then I say, okay, at least if I get five a day, I'll be good. And it'll be meditating, journaling, praying, right. Something, you know, reading something really inspiring. Like it could be anything, but it's baking with my daughter, any of those things. So I think we have to broaden the idea of what self-care is. And so that's this whole idea of deliberate positive interruptions. I am interrupting the stream of, you know, negativity, worry, living in the past or living in the future or what's going on in our COVID world right now. And I get to interrupt myself with on purpose, because you got to do this consciously uh, with some positive work that helps fuel me and give me energy. So that's what I do to stay in overflow. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Wow. No one has shared that with me. Deliberate, positive interruption, deliberate and positive. And you literally interrupt your day. You got it. Yep. Yep. And your mindset likely. Yeah. Your rhythm. Mm -hmm. Because we were so in the tornado of how things are going so fast and it's true. And we got to do it on purpose because if not, uh, our brains aren't going to do it for us. Well, that's it. Well, that's it. Two <laughs> weeks they later. Like, they are very efficient. They like it, to run uncon- unconsciously. Well, that's it. Well, that's it. And then later on, you realize I'm exhausted. I that's haven't it. had a second, you know, some peace to myself. I haven't had, you know, and it's so easy right now while we're cooped up in these four walls. Uh, it's so easy to be, you know, computers on at, at work all hours and then eat and Netflix or people are binging on other things. It's so easy. Right. And so two weeks, three weeks, a month goes by and you realize, yeah, I haven't done anything really for myself to fuel myself, mm-hmm. to give myself some positivity. And oh, I love that. Cool. Awesome. And probably um, let's recommend the podcast sell from love. Would you recommend mm-hmm. any other podcast or book? Is there anything else that's inspiring you these days? So I'm going to say, you know, I, yeah, definitely the self from love podcast. I'd recommend one of the other podcasts I do love uh, listening to is uh, with Guy Raz, how I built this. Okay, yeah. I think listening to stories of other leaders, business owners, you know, change makers who, you know, sometimes when we, we venture out to achieve a goal, build a business, you know, make change with our leadership. It can feel daunting and overwhelming. Yes. And when we could see the process happen with other people and that it did lead them to success, even through failure and challenge, inspiring and challenge. It's so important to know that. So, um, that would be a great podcast and a book that I'm really, um, I think, I think last year, so 2020 has been really eye-opening around, you know, polarization and how the, the distortion of power, how it's really shifted 
our, our, our humanity and our environment and the world we live in. Mm -hmm. And so a piece of work that's really inspiring me is a book by Lynn twist. It's called the soul of money, beautiful body of work. And around, you know, this whole capitalistic, you know, machine that we got running. I saw you referred that on um, LinkedIn. I saw that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Really great book because I think there are these myths and beliefs we have about money that fuel the economy that we are in and Mm -hmm. our, um, our economic, our human structures that we have potential to break in right now, um, especially right now. Yes. Uh, and so that would be a book. I would say, go read that book mm, and the great. self from love book as well. So if, you, that's if right. you're looking to sell more, yeah. Self from love. Well. That's right. So. Well, we'll put that. That's right. My last question is, cause I think as much as we are learning and we're sharing with our leaders, I also think about, you know, the upcoming generations that are growing into leaders. And I think we really need to invest in leadership of our future. So if you were able to go back to your 21 year old self, or if you had a 21 year old in front of you, would you have some advice for her? I think do what you can to learn how to trust yourself. And I, you know, that's where confidence comes from. That's where speaking up, standing in our leadership, whether leadership, it'll it'll look, it looked, it looks different for everyone, but learning to trust ourselves and that we matter and what we're here to contribute to matters, Mm -hmm. whatever we can do to hone in on that trust muscle is, is, is gold is gold is what I'll say. I get the impression that you have trusted yourself and your gut reaction along your decisions along your way that maybe there had been some challenges or some things you wish might've been different, but I think because you have trusted yourself, you, you are so successful. I will also add that with trust comes a full boatload of doubt. It, it is not without doubt. It is not without um, second guessing myself mm-hmm. or, you know, wondering if I made the right decision. Trust means we still keep moving. That's right. There still, still has to be doing. the momentum, there right? still has to be moving. Because I trust myself enough that even if I fail, even if it doesn't work, even if people don't perceive me the way I wanted them to perceive me, I trust myself enough that I know I can handle it. Right. Well, like how we started, I loved how we started the podcast and you said, at the beginning, I thought the first impression was all I had. So Mm -hmm. I, I trust now that that's, I know that there is the first impression, but there's also the second and the third. And I have, and if I show up, authentically, then it's going to, it's going to work out. So yeah, trusting that, yeah, I can get back up on my feet and learn from and how, yeah, how boring would we be if, if it was all perfect and no, no challenges. Right. So I know, but it's this illusion. I know I've bought into, and I'll say I'm, I'm not perfect because I still buy into it. <laughs> like there'll be moments where like, I just want to get it just right. And now, you know, there's been, um, I think the more we realize it's not the end of the world when we no. make a mistake. Again, we trust ourselves to do it again, do it again. So we just got to right. do the first few. And when we do the first few, we realize the world didn't end. I'm okay. I'm still standing. I can still do this. And you just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And your customers will love you for it. They will love mm-hmm. you for it because you are showing up. Yeah. And guess what? Nobody else is really perfect either. So they probably appreciate, right? Yeah, it's true. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining Thank you for sharing your inspiration around 
sell from love. And I love that it starts with loving yourself, then loving your clients and really thinking about what you're selling truly. Like, are you selling that little capsule of um, oil or are you selling the peace and calm at the end of my day? I think that's beautiful. You got it. Thanks, Kim. Thanks for having me. I hope this podcast feels like a guide in your ear, encouraging a shift in your mindset, boldly challenging you to stretch self-care goals and continue to strive and achieve big accomplishments in life because you're not here to be average. You're here to be awesome. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Overflow. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any comments, ideas, or feedback, you can find me on my website, peoplebrain.ca. Thanks so much for listening.